You are listening to Daily Devotions with Pastor Robert Marsbach. We believe that these devotions will encourage and strengthen you. So tune in, connect, and be blessed. For any more information, please visit us online at lifechurchuk.org. Welcome to Life Devotions. Thank you for joining me today. Prayer changes everything is the title of this devotion. You know, there's a lovely booklet that used to be a classic in its day, written by E.M. Bounds, B-O-U-N-D-S. Edward McKendray Bounds. It's called uh, Power Through Prayer. It's 50 pages, 20 chapters. It is phenomenal. I love that booklet. You can go to Libravox.com, L-I-B-R-I-V-O-X, Libravox.com, and you could just download it for free on your phone and listen to it. And you will need to listen to it quite a few times because it's a little bit of a certain language that you have to get used to. It's a biblical, spiritual language, but it is so amazing when you hear of the prayers of the saints of God and all that. I find it most inspiring. But you know, I believe in the power of prayer and I'm grateful that I was raised with a mother and a father who believed in prayer. My father, I can only remember very short prayers, but his prayers were so full of trust and dependence and reliance of faith in God that that boom, it was done for him. He would pray short and it was done. My mother, she could pray longer, but my mother would get so caught up in the Holy Spirit, laughing in the Spirit and rejoicing in the Lord as she was spending time with him in prayer and then seeing some of the greatest answers to prayer. <clears throat> and I thank God for my sisters, I have four sisters and three brothers, and all of them really know the power of prayer. So, you know, I do believe that God would have us raise our children to be children who trust God and who will pray. Today, I would like to take you to Daniel chapter nine to start with, because we forget sometimes how through prayer we can see change come. I mean, real phenomenal change. The destiny of nations are waiting on the prayers of the saints of God. And we live, I believe, a bit in an age that that grace needs to be recaptured by the majority of, church, of the church. And I, I say it that way carefully because I'm by no means meaning to say that I don't think there is no phenomenal prayer warriors on earth today. Oh, my mother is 96. She's still praying and praying all the time. My sisters and, and my brothers and so many others I know, people of absolute phenomenal prayer. But folks, it is so important that we are people of prayer. Daniel lived in the habit we read here in Daniel chapter, oh, in Daniel chapter 6, verse 10. And when Daniel knew that the writ writing was signed, he went home and in his upper room with his windows open towards Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as was his 
custom since early days. That custom was so powerful that everybody knew. Where's Daniel? Oh, he's praying. He's praying. Yeah, yeah, he always prays at this time. Yeah, he prays three times a day. Oh, yeah, it's like clockwork. Nine o'clock, 12 o'clock, three o'clock, Daniel's praying. You see, Daniel, through that habit, developed a gained place of intercession, as they called it to saints of old. He had a place of prayer, heaven knew, Daniel is calling. Everybody knew. Who's calling? Oh, it's Daniel. <laughs> How do you know it's Daniel? He always calls it this time. He always does. Yeah, every day. He calls three times a day. What does the Lord do? Oh, he always picks up. He always listens to his prayers. He always. Everybody actually here in heaven loves to hear Daniel pray. <laughs> we all kind of stop and have a little break and, and listen to Daniel praying. Wow, why? Oh, when you hear that man's heart of love for God, when you hear that man's faith for God, it is heavenly. It's glorious. And to see it revealed in flesh and blood, See, everybody in heaven loved Daniel because Daniel was a man of prayer in, in love and faith for God. I know that sounds fantastic what I'm saying to you, but it's true. And so listen to this here. I'm going to read 23 verses, so a bit long, in Daniel chapter 9. In the first year, verse 1, in the first year of Darius, the son of Ashasuerus, of the lineage of the Medes, who was made king over the realm of the Galdeans, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by the books of the number of the years specified, understood by the books the number of the years specified by the word of the Lord through Jeremiah the prophet that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolation of Jerusalem. Then I set my face towards the Lord God to make requests by prayer and supplication with fasting, sackcloth and ashes, and I prayed to the Lord my God and made confession and said, O Lord, great and awesome God who keeps his covenant and mercy with those who love him and with those who keep his commandments. We have sinned and committed iniquity and have done wickedly and rebelled even by departing from your precepts and your judgments. Neither have we heeded your servants, the prophets who spoke in your name to our kings and our princes, to our fathers and all the people of the land. O Lord, righteousness belongs to you, but to us shame of face as it is to this day. To the man of Judah, to the inhabitants of Jerusalem and all Israel, those near and those far off in all the countries to which you have driven them because of the unfaithfulness with which we have committed against you, O Lord. To us belong shame of face to our kings, our princes, our fathers, because we have sinned against you. To the Lord our God belongs mercy and forgiveness, though we have rebelled against him. 
we have not obeyed the voice of the Lord and God to walk in all of his ways, which he set before us by his servants, the prophet. Yes, all Israel has transgressed your law and has departed so as not to obey your voice. Therefore, the curse and the oath written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, have been poured out on us because we have sinned against him. And he has confirmed his words, which he spoke against us and against our judges who judged us by bringing upon us great disaster. For under the whole heaven, such has never been done as what has been done to Jerusalem, as it is written in the law of Moses. All this disaster has come upon us, yet we have not made our prayers before the Lord our God that we might turn from our iniquities and understand your truth. Are you hearing this? Again, we yet we have not made our prayers before the Lord our God that we might Turn from our iniquities and understand your truth. Therefore, the Lord has kept this disaster in mind and brought it upon us. For the Lord our God is righteous in all of his works which he does, though we have not obeyed his voice. And now, O Lord our God, who brought your people out of the land of Egypt with a mighty hand and made yourself a name in this to this day? We've sinned, we've done wickedly. O Lord, according to all your righteousness, I pray, let your anger and your fury be turned away from your city, Jerusalem, your holy mountain, because uh, because of our sins and for the iniquity of our fathers, Jerusalem, and your people are in reproach to all those around us. Now, therefore, our God, hear the prayer of your servant and his supplication and For the Lord's sake, cause your face to shine upon your sanctuary, which is desolate. Oh, my God, incline your ear and hear. Open your eyes and see our desolations in the city, which is called by your name. For we do not present our supplications before you because of our righteous deeds, but because of your great mercies. O Lord, hear. O Lord, forgive. O Lord, listen and act. Do not delay for your own sake. My God, for your city and your people are called by your name. Now, while I was speaking, praying, and confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel and presenting my supplication before the Lord my God for the holy mountain of my God, yes, while I was speaking in prayer, the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in a vision at the beginning being caused to fly swiftly, reached me be about the time of the evening offering, three in the afternoon. And he informed me and talked with me and said, Oh, Daniel, I have now come forth to give you skill and understanding. At the beginning of your supplication, at the beginning of your praying, the command went out and I have come to tell you, for you are greatly beloved Therefore, consider the matter and understand the vision and so forth. From the moment you started praying, the answer was released to you. In other words, the Father said, whatever, whatever you ask, Daniel, it's yours. And it shows you the power of prayer that what you pray, as Jesus would say, you receive while you're praying it 
Look at it here in Mark chapter 11. Jesus says there, have faith in God, verse 22. For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Whatever you are praying, believe what you're praying is happening while you're praying is what you say. So where, I want you to see prayer can change everything. You see, if it wasn't for my father and mother's prayers, I would not be sitting here. My body would have been buried in 1978 in upstate New York when I broke my neck in two places. I would have been buried when I had that head-on collision at over 100 miles an hour and broke my neck in two places, my second vertebrae, I would have perished. But my mother had been fasting for three days for me and she didn't know what she was fasting for, but she fasted and prayed. And because of the Lord's mercy, I was spared so I could be a witness to you of His mercy. I don't deserve to be here, I know that. I know other people never think about it. They don't ever realize, you know, but I know I'm only here because of the mercies of God. I should have been dead and buried, but I'm here and alive to tell you God's mercies never fail. They are new every morning because His faithfulness is so phenomenally great. And Daniel understood this when he read the scriptures and saw that the Lord had given Jerusalem into desolation for 70 years and he realized the time had passed and it was time of restoration. He began to pray and to pray and to pray and what he prayed is what God began to move and happen. God is looking for partnership with you and me to bring about answers that the world is crying out for, that humanity is crying out for. God is looking for you and me to be partners with Him in prayer. You know, I really believe that the nations today need all of us to be people like Daniel, that we keep our own hearts right by repenting of what's wrong and keeping our hearts clean by the precious blood from the Holy Spirit day and night and making intercession for the nations, making intercession for the precious souls everywhere. Friends, God needs us today. He needs us desperately. You know how the two angels that brought Abraham and Sarah report that by that following year, she would be cuddling little Isaac. And that was such a phenomenal report of a miracle answer that they had been believing and waiting for for so many, 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 many years. And here came the answer. Now that they were, had both physically, so to speak, be as good as dead, now the answer came so that it was undeniable that this was a work of God, it was a gift of God. God has to work so hard to prove Himself because our hearts can be so obstinate in believing this is the hand of the Lord. So the Lord proved Himself strong on behalf of the faithful heart of Abraham and Sarah by giving them Isaac. They knew Isaac was of God. They knew they would not have him if it wasn't for God. 
At the same time, while that fulfillment of promise came and the heavens rejoiced to see the fulfillment of God's word, judgment came to Sodom, Gomorrah, Zobium, and the five little towns there. Because of the harshness of their hearts, they had become so self-indulged that they did not care about the need of anybody and only lived to please themselves. And one of the results of that kind of degradation of human nature is that men begin to burn in lust for one another because they have nothing else to get anymore. So the soul becomes so deprived of anything that it, it will lust for anything and everything. And, and Abraham made intercession for those cities. And yet they all perished. While Jesus says concerning Bethsaida, and concerning Capernaum and these other cities, he says, if the miracles that had been done in you, Bethsaida and Capernaum, would have been done in Sodom and Gomorrah, they would have repented to second ashes. I really believe, friends, that God has been raising up people like yourself and myself for times such as this to demonstrate his power, to demonstrate his glory. God demonstrating his power and glory through through us who are yielded to his service and purpose and who are living in a place of intercession, of prayer, of communion with him, daily keeping our hearts undefiled in fellowship with him and living in the conscious knowledge of him that the Lord can demonstrate himself strong like he did for Abraham and Sarah by fulfilling the promise. I believe today God wants to bring his word to pass in the most demonstrative ways that all may know who is the true and only living God and who has sent his son into the world not to condemn the world, but that the world may be saved. So let me, let me take you in closing here to 1 Chronicles chapter 28. 1 Chronicles chapter 28, verse 9. Now David is about to pass away. He's 70 years of age. He has served the Lord. He has fulfilled his time. He's old at that age because he's lived life so hard and he's ready to pass away. All of this has such deep meanings. The age in which he started, the age in which he was anointed, the age in which he passed away, all of that was the Lord showing the wonders of his works and through David. And David prepared, he prepared in his old age for God to give a divine visitation. And the reason I say this is this, Daniel in his old age could not go back to Jerusalem to rebuild. Also his responsibilities had to be completed where he was given the task of serving the kings of the earth that day. But one thing he knew he could do was pray. Many are older today. Don't let your retirement be wasted in just eating and watching TV. I'm not against eating or watching TV, don't misunderstand. But don't let me, that be the only value you have left. What you can do is go wherever you are and get on your knees like Daniel and pray, pray three times a day. It doesn't have to be long, but it must be meaningful because it must have your heart and faith. Father, raise up a new generation for your glory today. Father, visit us today. Pour out your spirit of mercy and grace. 
pour out your will on earth as it is in heaven. Do, Father, what only you can do for the glory of your name. You see, David made preparation in his old age for a new generation to see a divine visitation. I believe prayer can change everything, folks. I'm so grateful that my mother in her old age is still praying for me and my children and my, gra and my grandchildren. And she prays for them by name in her Dutch language. It's quite funny. She prays for, for Edison. She says, Edison, Gigi, that's Gigi, Eva, Gigi, and Gabriel. It's funny, she cannot say Gigi, and, and she says Gigi. It, it sounds so funny when she says it because it's so sweet how she prays for, for, that, for Joshua and Sarah's grandkids, and she prays for for, for Zach and Sean's uh, children, for, for Eli and Huxley. And oh, friends, it's so sweet when you have an old generation doing what the new generation desperately needs, and that is pray to see things change today. So David here's praying, and he says to his son, as for you, my son Solomon, know the God of your father and serve him with a loyal heart and with a willing mind. For the Lord searches all hearts and understands all the intents of the thoughts. And if you seek him, he will be found by you. So David is charging his son, seek the Lord, live for him, son. David is making preparations. Phenomenal, these chapters here. And then he says in chapter 29, verse 1, Furthermore, King David said, to all the assembly, my son Solomon, whom alone God has chosen, is young and inexperienced. And the work is great because the temple is not for man, but for the Lord God. Right? Now, I want you to just hear this. David is saying this to everybody. My son Solomon here, he's the one God's chosen. I know he's young and inexperienced. And I know the work is phenomenal because it's for God and not just for man. And see, David is pointing out the new generation. He's not afraid to say God's going to use these young people. He's going to use them. I know they may be dressed different than what I am, but he's going to use them. They may have a cap on and I think you shouldn't cover your head in church. But hey, God's chosen them. He's going to use them. Folks, we should not let old traditions keep us from having that kind of prayer that releases God's power for a new generation. So in closing, listen to this. Second Chronicles chapter 1, verse eight, 6. Solomon, after his father died, went up to the place in Gibeon where the tabernacle of Moses was on the hill there. Right? He went there and he offered on the altar of the Lord, a thousand offerings, yes? And that night when he had offered a thousand folks to offer a thousand, to, to slay a thousand animals as an offering and then give the meat to the people that were there to worship with him, that was no small thing for him to do. That was hard work, that was, took time, that took hours upon hours upon hours upon hours. And here Solomon is, why is he doing this? He's 25 years old. He's a young man. He has it in his heart from his father. Serve the Lord with a loyal heart and a willing mind. Know the God of your father. Seek him and he will be found by you. So he's taking this commission from his dad into his heart before the Lord. Oh God, oh God, oh God. 
He's praying, he's seeking, he's yearning. And the Lord appeared to Solomon and said to him in verse 7, Ask, what do you want me to give? And Solomon said, You have shown great mercy to David, my father, and have made me king in his, name, in his place. Now, O Lord God, let your promise to David, my father, be established, for you have made me king over a people like the dust of the earth in multitude. Now give me wisdom and knowledge that I may go out and come in before the people, for who can judge a great people of yours? And God said to Solomon, because this was in your heart, and you've not asked for riches, wealth, honor, or the life of your enemies, nor have you asked for long life, but you've asked for wisdom and knowledge for yourself that you may judge my people over whom I have made you king. Wisdom, knowledge will be granted, and I will give you riches and wealth and honor such as none of the kings have had before you, etc. David, as an old man, put this in the heart of his son. And the same spirit of prayer, the same spirit of devotion that changed everything again and again for David and saved his life is the very power that we need to see today. Let the old join heart with the young. Let the young join heart with the old. And let us see a mighty work of God in our day. Amen. Have a good day.